0: Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront, so everyone can participate in the conversation.
1: We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Y'all Mixed Company. All right, we
0: are back for episode thirty-six.
1: Yo, yo, yo. Oh, we're Mid-age right? Right? now. Uh, maybe. Might be thirty-seven.
0: Maybe Doesn't 37. matter. We are back. Another episode of Mixed Company. Hey, how's everybody doing?
1: You know, I'm it's cold right. outside. It's it cold. cold but,
0: but it's fake cold because it'd be cold one day and then it'd be real hot and humid the next day. And then I just don't know how to dress. Global warming. <laughs> Man.
1: Well, it's it's fall. That's it's what it said. Fall, but this is
0: like an extreme fall. This is an extreme
1: fall. Well, this this is is a a little, fall. It's a petty fall. It's a petty fall. I mean, but it just got cold this week. The okay,
2: but tomorrow hours. it may not. Let me check the weather. Let me see if it's going to be cold tomorrow. There was a day
0: of cold last week. And then three days it was like eighty degrees and like hundred percent humidity.
2: <laughs> Next week is supposed to be like seventy-seven.
0: This week there it's gonna stay sixty to seventy. Pretty much okay. Well, I'm here for it. I got my blazers and my jackets. I'm I'm re- I'm ready. She ready. Shout out to Tiffany Haddish. All right. Well, guys. Yes. We are nearing the end of the year. Right. Already. We are nearing the end of the year already. I mean, we started this season back in February, and it's already October, and the year is going by quickly.
2: You can't see it, but I have a sad face on.
0: You do have a sad face. Why?
2: It, this year passed like this, like a, in a snap. You're going to miss it? I mean, do I miss any year? Not really. See? But, like, I barely remember January.
1: Barely. I mean, but all the ancestors—I mean, the elders—told you this would happen. What?
0: What elders?
2: My what? um elders are still waiting for the coming of Christ. <laughs> mm.
1: um,
0: that is true.
1: No, I, mean, I, I, like, I really feel like I prophecy mean, like, when, is coming true. <laughs> when, you're, when you're a kid, they always tell you that time flies by. So that's just. Why
0: didn't you just say that? <laughs> no, <we're laughs> The elders the elders warned you. What?
2: (laughs) You kinda sound like the willow tree in poker. (laughs) What the hell are you talking
1: about? The elders did. Oh my god. They warned us.
0: Well, with that being said, that means that it is time for us to give ourselves a little check, right? Yep. So when we started off this season, uh this year, we actually set some goals for ourselves um with how we wanted to how we wanted to be better professionals, um, and people essentially in 2017. So we are in the amazing, sorry, that was my email. We are in the amazing, uh, rounding out of the fourth quarter. I guess it's not rounding out, rounding in fourth quarter kind of just started. Um, but we're in fourth quarter and we probably have maybe eight or nine weeks left of the, Professional year yeah. for those of us that actually get to take off um, the time between Christmas and New Year's, um, and what that means is that we need to check ourselves. How did we do? What, what are we living like? What have we learned? And what how can we uh, how can we do better in the last few weeks that we have for ourselves? Damn. So that's what the topic is today. But before we get into that, we're gonna go ahead and do our favorite. Moment of the day, and that is dope shit and ain't shit. There's a lot of dope shit and ain't shit shit happening these days, right? Who wants um, to um Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot of things that happen. I, I feel
2: know. indifferent. That mine's gonna be like a kind of semi discussion. It's
0: all good. All of us up for discussion. The way I feel right now, I have many things to discuss. <laughs> Who
1: wants to go first? Karina can go first. Ladies first.
2: Okay. So I'm a
0: lady. Send
2: your
1: room. Or Kai.
2: <laughs> or Kai. Okay. Kai, do you want to go first? <laughs> no, I just felt like. <laughs> you, know, you got you guys single people?
0: <laughs> Everybody keeps picking on me today. No. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. It's all you. Go ahead.
2: Okay, here. I. Okay, so we've all seen the dub ad. How many F-ups did Dub have this year? Uh, two. it was two. It was two. Two so far because we're not finished with 2017 yet. But here's the thing. The latest one, the latest ad with the t-shirts. You probably have seen it. People probably commented on it. I feel two ways about it. One way I feel, okay, I get what people people are saying. The other part is I don't think it's a strong enough argument for the ad. And. I feel like I'm alone because I listen to other podcasts too, and they're like, "We're we're canceling Dove, yap yap yap." But I'm like, "But the idea was not racist." So I feel two types of way. Does anybody feel that way? The I idea agree wasn't you.
1: racist. The mechanic was.
2: Okay, elaborate. But because of the order of the woman.
0: Well,
1: yeah.
0: I'll let you go ahead, Sam. <laughs> I mean,
1: I, I think. At the end of the day, the mechanic that they use, in the order that they used it, has baggage. And so you can't just tell people to, their intentions weren't racist and they weren't biased, but the mechanic that they use has baggage. And that's why people reacted the way that they reacted. And so that's that's another business case for diversity where you need somebody in the room who can Who understands the context of what that order uh, and that mechanic does because for some people it's I don't want to say it's it's hurtful but it could be hurtful for some people where it's a reminder to those um, vintage racist ads where they showed um, soap washing the blackness off of a black person and that person turning into a white person so it, it has baggage they weren't i mean and even with the the ad that they did earlier this year with the before and the, the before and after was it racist no it was in, it was insensitive because you didn't there was nobody in the room to check them and a lot of a lot of the shit that causes outrage isn't necessarily Racist. It's insensitive, and that's why people want to cancel them. It's like you're you're not sensitive to history and people's emotions, and that's why it caused the outrage that it caused. So it's it wasn't racist. It wasn't like they were on there saying the n word or anything, um, you know, really offensive. But that mechanic has baggage, and so that's why people were calling for them to be canceled.
0: So my perspective on it is same. And I think most people actually really do agree that it wasn't intentional. I think um, we have to think about it. What is this thing in my face? <laughs> we have to think about it. Just, let me just put a camera in my face and I'm completely caught off guard. Anyway, we have to consider, as a woman, um, how would we feel if Dove created an ad of a woman in a dress, a short dress and heels in the kitchen um, talking about, you know, Susie Homemaker, this is, you know, like Mm -hmm. stereotyping, something that stereotyped women as non-working or she's waiting at home for her husband to come home. So she's going to wash with Dove. You know, that's a trigger for women. We know that that is, we know that that um, is sexist we under we everybody can can pick out sexism and and anything um, dealing with gender adversity at any point and feel very comfortable with it and I feel that people tiptoe around um, sexism and advertising a little more closely than they do with racism and why is that it's because we have um, it's because we do talk about the things the the things and places and people that trigger women to feel that they are, or that we are, rather, um, inferior. We have extensive conversations about how to be PC when it comes to gender roles, et cetera, et cetera. It's why Dove has done so well up until now, up until recently when discussing um, gender nonconformity and you don't have to be the perfect shape as a woman, you don't have to be the perfect woman but now it's seen that they tried to, their intention was to incorporate racial diversity um, a, in addition to their gender diversity or their um, celebration of- Hey y'all. Of um, this is Orlando. Female gender or woman, uh, yeah, female gender, right? Problem yeah. is that they missed an insight, a really key insight. And this is something that when we do talk about advertising and the importance of having representation in a room, there are key pieces of insight that only a person that has either studied extensively or lived the, lived the experience that you would understand, right? So for us, it, is, it, it was very apparent to me that, oh my God, did that black woman just turn into a white woman? And I can totally understand how somebody would take it extremely far left as they could and as they would and as honestly we should where we've spent so many years, hundreds of years, thousands of years, not thousands of years, we spent a lot of time Mm -hmm. being uh, marketed to that the highest standard of beauty for a woman of color is that of being a white, European, blonde haired, blue eyed woman. So yes, in this little gif, in this rotation of imagery, it was a black woman who took off her brown shirt and turned into a white woman with a white shirt who turned it, who took off her shirt and turned into a brown woman with a brown shirt. But the first thing that we're seeing is the black woman taking off her shirt and now she's white. That's a trigger. Clearly there's more to the video, but you, you stop at the at the moment where you are triggered and you cannot hear anymore. You cannot, you don't care anymore because mm-hmm. they have turned you off, right? So, no, I don't think it was, um, I don't think it was racist at all. I do think it was a big deal though. And I and I feel that a lot of people wanted to make it seem like it wasn't a big deal. And that, that idea that it's okay to blow people off for feeling the way they feel, we're not making it up, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's another thing I don't think I don't think brands and agencies do a good job of um, acknowledging that people feel things. The whole point of creating these ads is to get people to feel something, so that they, so that the next thing they feel is, "Oh, I need to buy your stuff." Right. So if I tell you that what you made me feel was something so negative that it makes me want to withhold my buying power from having anything to do with your product or your brand. That should concern you. Don't don't tell me it's not that wasn't that serious. Don't tell me that wasn't your intention. Don't tell me that you're gonna try to do better next time. Just understand in this moment, I am hurt, I am offended, and I'm triggered. And I think that is mm. where we just need to do. That. We as advertisers and brands need to do a better job. Also, I'd like to I'd like to stop talking about um, when when these things happen. We can't always just assume that there's no person of color there's no black person there's no woman in the room like we don't know who was there exactly we also don't know who spoke up because as we said everybody you know everybody that look like you isn't necessarily for you yep that's first of all second of all everybody that's in that room probably doesn't have the same equity of um power to 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 speak truth to power just because I get to sit in the room doesn't necessarily always mean that my voice is going to be heard. Yeah. Right? The other thing is we have to – it's not about holding us accountable either anymore mm-hmm. because if you are so comfortable being the person approving the list of, uh, of resources in this room mm-hmm. and you are comfortable going into this ad uh, – going into this uh, – creating this campaign – and you recognize that there is not a person of color or whomever in the excuse me in the in the room then now you need to be held accountable for it and you can't tell me you didn't know because you went out of your way to approve this list of people knowing that there is social context that could or could not be taken taken out of context and you still went forward and and moved shit through to get approved so it's not just about us. Like if we're in the if if people of color are in the room, we gotta speak on behalf of everybody. White people gotta speak on behalf of it too, because I'm sure somebody saw *Birth of a Nation*, the hey. first one, not the second one. I'm sure somebody <laughs> read. Uh, um, an article. I'm sure somebody saw the Pepsi commercial. I'm sure, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so much more accountability that we just need to hold people, like, uh, there's so much more accountability that we need to hold people to as a standard. The standard is if you fuck up, you're going to get called out on it and people are going to threaten you with their money. Just accept that. Just accept it. And yeah, we might get over it, and people will keep buying it. I know I did because I was like, I, I, I get it. Like you, this is this is pure ignorance. You were just really, really dumb right now. <laughs> okay, but don't make it like. Let's let's as consumers not just make it look like. Oh God, this is th- clearly you, you don't hire us. No, they probably did hire us. But does that person have equity in the room? And. Does that person, did that person feel that they needed to be responsible? And did the white people, did the did Latino people in the room, did the Asian people in the room, whoever the hell was in the room, did they feel like there was something that should have been said? If they did feel and they said it and they were and they were, their mouths, uh, they were silenced, then shame on the team that put it together. If nobody said anything, then shame on everybody that had everything to do with it. Simple as that.
2: That's really, oh wow, yeah. Thank you, Kai.
0: I got time today. You had all, you covered all my points.
2: I'm glad you talked about social equity because a lot of people are so, they throw that out so easy. Like, oh, we need to hire, you know, we need to make sure that people are color in the room. And they do need to be in the room, but not as placeholders. It's that social equity where they can put out and we can put out our opinion and it will be acknowledged and taken seriously, you know? And some people, they get they get triggered by the word racist, too. And it's like, you have to listen to the opinion because not everybody knows everybody's story and everybody has a different perspective.
0: We all have different perspectives and we're never gonna make everybody happy, but that's not an excuse not to try. Right. And if this was their try, they just need to understand it was a really bad try. Got it. Yeah, I agree. All right, that's my dope shit. So uh, my ancient for the week
1: is oh yeah. So my, my ancient for the week is Apple's uh, VP of Diversity and her um, her explanation for. Um, Basically, actually, let me let me start by reading what she actually said, um, because then you'll understand why my why she's my ain't shit for the week. Um, she was at a conference and she said the following: There can be 12 white, blue-eyed, blonde men in a room, and they're going to be diverse too, because they're going to bring a different life experience and life perspective to the conversation. Uh, her name is Denise Young-Smith. She is the VP of Diversity Diversity uh, and Inclusion at Apple. And she was on stage at the One Young World Summit in Bogota, Colombia. So here's the reason wh- why she's my ancient. If you guys remember in the first season when we were talking about um, Deutsch, and Deutsch was hiring... Um, They just hired two chief co-creative officers um, after letting go their diversity um, and inclusion uh, chief. And they said something to the fact of, well, you know, when they were asked, why did they hire two white men to, um, to take over this role instead of, you know, looking for diverse candidates? They said, well, they are diverse. Because one's a tall white guy, the other one's a short um, white guy, he's from Brooklyn, the other guy's from the UK or something like that. The reason why she's my shit is because when we talk about diversity and inclusion and when we talk about what these initiatives are for, we all know that these initiatives started with the sole purpose of bringing more black and brown people into agencies. So when someone who is supposed to be advocating for the inclusion of black and and brown talent at agencies muddies the waters with um, this idea. And, And she's not wrong because yes, you have diversity of perspective is diversity, but when you know that these initiatives have the sole purpose of bringing in black and brown talent you are creating, um, you are leaving these initiatives up for interpretation where they can be used as people see fit and you. we won't hit the goals that we're trying to, to hit. Um, and I think, you know, that's why she's, she's my shit this week is because, especially for her being a woman of color, a black woman, to sit in front of, sit on the stage and sit on this global stage and basically um, I don't want to say she reinvented she muddied the water she muddied the definition she muddied muddied the goals of what um, this initiative is about white men don't have a problem getting hired at Apple like we already know this Apple releases their numbers so for her to sit, sit up there and advocate for guess advocating for the hiring of white men under her her initiative i don't i don't know what she was doing she's apologized since then but she's gonna remain my ain't shit until further notice because i i think what she put out into the world or what she put out on that stage it it was what what does um trump say it was fake news like like i feel like it was that's that's something that people will interpret however they see fit and when they are faced with the decision of hiring between a black and brown person and a white person regardless of credentials they can justify hiring the white man over the person of color even if they're more qualified because they can wrap that um that hiring up under the blanket of diversity
0: um. Yeah, I can totally see how that can be taken or should be taken as ain't shit. I feel. I feel a couple ways about this. I I feel like she's not wrong, and we've talked about this before. We talked about this in our first episode about um, the definition of diversity. Um, I think I I I feel like what she was speaking to was just that diversity diversity being the differences in experience, cultures, et cetera, and and not even technically, quite accurately, she's not wrong. No, she's not at all. Here is where I feel like as advocates for diversity and more specifically the inclusion piece of all of this, here's where I think we we oftentimes uh, miss the mark when holding people accountable. If you want to say shit like... If you wanna call out that a group of people that have not traditionally been oppressed by society, by industry, et cetera, are also to be included in our conversation about diversity and inclusion, and quite honestly come out of face and say, a group of 12 white men can also be diverse. Great. Let's accept that. Then diversity is just people that are different. But now what I need you to also follow up with is your explanation for why traditionally oppressed people do not have a footprint, do not have a large footprint within your organization. So if 12 white men are diverse to you, that is great and that is fair and that is accurate. So now you're telling me you don't have a diversity issue, so now I can call you out and say, well, you have a gender issue, and you damn sure have a black person I- issue, and you have a Latino person issue, and I just think it's really funny how the majority of people that are uh, that uh, identify as Asian only work in a certain department for you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now I can call. Now I feel like I can hold you accountable to the more clear, to the more uh, clear and concise descriptors of what's missing within your agency. And I feel like as people have these panels that we talk about that I sometimes hate going to because we ask the same questions and we get the same answers, that needs to be your follow-up. If, if anybody is really out here and they're going to bold face sit and say, you know, anybody can be diverse, great. Then let's talk about what you're missing Cause then, because then that means that being diverse isn't your issue. So now we get to talk about what your real issue is. And your real issue is is that you're systematically not hiring a set of people, and you need to now be held accountable as to why,
1: period. Right, And, and I, I think also to, to that point, Apple has been releasing their numbers for the last couple of years, and they acknowledge as a company that they are lacking with black and brown talent.
0: And it's not about now like you have to tell me why now cuz right. you just told me that you understood what diversity and inclusion is so now you need to explain why you are not including people of a certain background That's it. Cool. Like I'm not I don't feel like it's fair for us to argue about what diversity isn't isn't. I feel like we said that or I said that in the first episode that you need to you need to sign up it's like when you're I'll get real project management on you when you're doing a website or an app, the first thing that you need to do is define what the requirements are and I think with diversity and inclusion you have to do the same. You have to just define what di- what a diverse and inclusive organization looks like for you stick to that and then essentially we can only we can only accept, your um, implementation of practices as a a success if you follow these requirements. So she just set her requirements as diversity and inclusion is just including people that are generally different. Great, so the other bugs and issues that need to be triaged in this issue is why don't you hire black people? Why don't you hire men? I mean, why don't you hire uh, Latino people? And why do you have such a huge problem hiring women? Period. Here's my
2: thing, when I read that. Why, I, I get very annoyed at the fact that we constantly, constantly, constantly have to remind people about the, 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 de- the work definition of diversity. Everybody is going to have a difference of thought. That's, that's human, like everybody does not always think the same. That's what makes you, you. And the the most like annoying thing, frustrating thing, is to hear comments like that where it's like, oh, you know, it's diversity of thought. Okay, like that's everybody. That's that's literally everybody. Everyone's gonna have a different thought. But the importance and like you have to redefine the racial diversity, the sexual diversity, the orientation diversity is just like, we all know this is knowledge. We are all professionals. We all understand when someone talks about diversity and inclusion, what that means. And there is nothing wrong with that because the heart of it, I believe, of having diversity and inclusion is to break down those systematic walls that you know, hurt us, whether it's from a business perspective, or from that face-to-face, you know, interactive perspective, both ways. So it, the part that annoys me is that like we have to redefine for one another person again what we mean by diversity and inclusion. And it's going to get to the point where I'm just, like, you have to just Google it. Like this is a known thing, and maybe maybe that's the frustration that it's known to some of the people who are so active in it, but then p- for people who have. I, wanna say, I don't want to say woke, but understand the meaning, it has, the frustrating, that's another frustration that I have, that for so many years we've had this kind of placeholder, this superficial understanding of diversity. And so now when we have to look at it in a more realistic way, you know, it's very jarring for people to define what diversity inclusion really means.
0: I want to be clear that diversity and inclusion for us means something very specific and I feel like diversity and inclusion for other people means something very specific but not the same definition we have. Yeah. Um which is why like and we've said it before like when we talk about D&I like we don't this big fluffy umbrella word that we use because like when we when we think about diversity and inclusion and how this became a topic and we go back in history like we did during the like I just feel like we're literally back at the first episode which is crazy because we're at 36 37 ep- episodes I don't know we'll figure it out by the time we post this but <laughs> we're 30 we're like 30 some odd episodes down the line and we're still talking about this definition and the reality is cuz the word is so damn arbitrary yo. like hmm. diversity is the ar- like is the arbitrariest word because it literally can mean anything. (laughs) That is true. Which is why it it then becomes important to not bucket it. Like We wanna bucket it. We wanna bucket it because everybody has issues and we want them to fix all the issues. But then you get people saying shit like that in public as a woman of color who I'm sure she knows how hard it is to break through ceilings. I'm sure she knows how hard it is to climb ladders. I'm sure she sees her colleagues that haven't been able to rise to her level, who have been stuck at at middle management for decades, for years, yo. And I'm sure she knows and she gets it and she understands, but in a room full of people that we need to actually speak to Because you don't need to talk to the choir about it, y'all. We know. We've been there every Sunday, sitting, praying, hoping, wishing (laughs) that shit would change. She knows better, and she goes out and she makes that. Now, I'm sure that was not the context that she wanted people to take it away, but you have to be so explicit, so explicit when you talk about what diversity and inclusion means for you and your organization – Yep, and as a person that is an advocate, you need to be clear about what the solution is. The solution is you need to, you need to hire more people that not only look like me, but that are as smart as me and that are as uh, uh, capable as me. You need to. It's not about, and it's not even just about like hiring the people. You need to branch out. You need to expand your talent pool search. Cause clearly you ain't searching in the right places. And that's like, that's the part that just, it just. Child, when I get to my joint, I swear (laughs) to God. Like this is like, I'm so frustrated today because it's the same bullshit all the time. And then we gotta sit here and we gotta talk and we gotta vent because we still gotta get up tomorrow. And some of us gotta go to work. Hey, You know what I'm saying? Shame on her for not clarifying herself also shame on her for apologizing if that's what you meant that's what you meant right. yeah stick to what you meant don't say sorry clarify what you meant don't say you're sorry mm. that's that's frustrating to me you not real and you're the person representing <laughs> D&I at the top of one of the most recognizable companies in the world shame on you homegirl she is a shit I changed my mind okay. <laughs> alright well I have an ain't shit and a dope shit but I'll start with the positive first so first dope shit is a shout out to um, the CCNYC collective. Is that yeah. s- is that what it is? What is it?
2: Creative well, ca- collective of New York.
0: Yes, um, for throwing their first, hopefully to be annual cu- culture con uh, in Meatpacking this uh, past Saturday. Um, essentially, it was a series of panels um, and breakout sessions with a keynote by everybody's favorite uncle, Spike Lee, um, (laughs) in conversations about being a creative, being a media or a culture person in New York City. Uh, We talked about um, everything from what, uh, you know, what do you do as a creative professional um, to continue rising through the ranks to um, a pitch competition where up and coming businesses uh, essentially pitched their business to invest to potential investors and to a crowd of um, potential uh, consumers, um, and also then, like I mentioned, we had a keynote speech. Well, I don't want to call it a keynote speech. It was more like a keynote uh, family dinner discussion <laughs> with your with your really old uncle who just really has a whole bunch of things on his heart. Shout out to <laughs> Spike Lee, love him to death, but you know, you just, like, I realized that I was old when I realized that, like, he was really old. Um, but he was just saying, like, the realest shit ever. Like, really just talking about uh, gentrification in New York City, which let's not, you know, let's not pretend like he didn't help start this. Like, he don't live in, in Fort Greene no more, but, you know, you ain't here for me. But essentially talking about, um, how he came up in the business, some of his key milestones that helped propel him to his success, what his advice is for um, young creatives g- coming up in, in in their respective industries, um, and then he said something that was I f- that I felt was severely important, which was, you know, your parents. Sometimes your parents are the biggest dream killers ever. Um, this idea that being practical and just getting the safe job is what you need to do to support yourself isn't isn't necessarily accurate. Um, and he kind of talked about his experience with that as well, as many of the people as we talk about here, but a lot of people of color in New York City tend to be first generation um, and having to express to your parents that, no, I'm, not, I'm actually not going to go on to be a teacher, a nurse, a lawyer, a doctor. Uh, I'm actually going to go into a field that you may know nothing about, but it is still um, lucrative and it, I can still uh, feed myself off of it and I choose to do that. Um, overall, it was really great getting to meet a whole bunch of really cool people um, that have uh, like, uh, like-mindedness about what success means in the creative world. Um, also, shout out to the free tequila at the end of the day. Started my <laughs> evening off right. Um, and yeah, it was nice to be uh, in meatpacking overlooking the standard.
1: Hotel felt real bougie for a second it was real bougie
0: it was real bougie and I really appreciated that I needed that last week I needed that
1: yeah I mean and they had a few dope panels uh, Crystal was there from the Reed. so yep,
0: Crystal was there from re- from the Reed. we had Simone Sanders the CNN correspondent mm-hmm. was there as well um, it was it was nice to be in a room of people that you feel in general, you identify with over social media as well as uh, on traditional media, and now you're in the same room talking to the same people, having the same conversations that we do on this show and every other place that we go and talk or speak yeah. with each other. It looked dope. You know, Simone <laughs> said something that I thought was really interesting, um, kind of in line with the article that I, the last article I released on LinkedIn about how she's like, I don't have a work voice anymore and I thought that that was really captivating. Mm. Speaking about how she doesn't, she no longer feels that it is important for her to code switch essentially as she speaks to people and I think that that is one of the most liberating things in the world when you finally realize that the way you talk to people at work is the way you speak to people uh, at home is the way you speak to people in the street and it's like you get to be your most authentic self everywhere and people are either going to take you for the intelligent, amazing, hardworking person that you are, or they're not, and that's their problem. Um, something wow. that I think the three of us have been working towards. So that's great. That's awesome. My ain't yeah. shit goes out to. Oh, also, if you no, if I'll you wait.
1: follow us on Twitter and Facebook, you can catch some of the stuff that we were recapping because we were live tweeting and sharing while we were there. So yep. you can catch up on CultureCon on yep. our feeds.
0: Dope. Definitely. Um, my ain't shit. I'm just gonna go and vent really quickly because the reality is I hate listen, I'm gonna start by saying I have three letters in my first name. I do not have time, space, or opportunity for anyone to misrepresent me and my name. Because I don't have a whole <laughs> bunch of letters to share. Okay? <laughs> ain't no nickname. <laughs> Ain't no, you know what I'm saying? Ain't no nickname when it, when it comes down to me, is nothing. Um, recently, I, was, I have been placed in a position where I have had to defend myself and my place of work um, against the he said, she said situation. Fortunately for that matter, the situation did not happen with a coworker or a colleague that I worked directly with. Instead, it was with the building's facility people. Um, Shout out to people that... I want to give a shout out to people that know how to recount a story in a non-biased fashion um, because they don't have time to be out here making up stories and lies um, and falsifying truths. Shout out to the people that still believe in real news and not fake news and the people that work hard to... Um, protect their own integrity and the integrity of the people that they are in conflict with. So long story short, apparently for this building, we're not allowed to take out um, equipment. It's not apparent. I was told that we're not allowed to take equipment out the front door, had to take it out the back door, the freight elevator. Working, Working with my team to go to a photo shoot, team says, don't worry about it. We do this all the time. My bad, I should know, based on who I am and the way my life is set up, hashtag my life Kai. Girl, you knew nothing was going to be that easy. <laughs> Either way, security lets us out the door. They rap with one of my colleagues, woody woop woop. Everything's good. We take the stuff out the front door. They don't even ask for the paperwork that I t- was told that they were going to be required to ask for. So we pack up the car, and I say, you know what, y'all, let me do the right thing and take this mail cart back upstairs. Oop. Security guard lets me inside. I'm waiting on the little elevator. I want to be courteous of the people showing up to work, so I'm going to let the little people go in first. Now, here's something. If I really, even, maybe if I would have taken the first elevator, nothing would have happened either. Anyway, I wait for a couple elevators because I want to make sure that people going to work can get to work. This woman comes in, and the first thing she yells over the security turnstile, (laughs) she can't do that. What are you doing? You can't do that. So now, y'all know me, but y'all don't realize that I'm maturing. So there are a lot of things <laughs> happening. <laughs> Growth. There are Growth, a lot of things really? happening in my head, but word to both of my grandmothers, none of those things came out my mouth. Instead, I gave her a crooked look because I really wanted to know who she was talking to. I really wanted to understand why this person was being so aggressive and rude when we've never met nor have we had any engagement or interaction either way she's real rude she tells me I need to take the cart outside and go to the freight elevator so I kindly ask her to show me where the freight elevator is because I'm new and I have never seen the freight elevator and if it's not on this block then I need direction she tells me no I need to make a left and another left and I said oh but I really don't know where it is can you please show no you need to go I can't leave All right, fine. i go, get in the elevator, take it up. I don't think nothing of it. I don't think it's a big deal. I just leave. I leave. I leave because I'm late and I have a team of people waiting in the Uber outside for me and I got things to do. So I, I just leave. Well, I came to work today only to have a meeting put on my calendar by HR and the building's facility manager or the office facilities manager because they were told that I was disrespectful to the to the building manager, I caused a scene, I got in her face, all kinds of things that perhaps if this happened a couple years ago would have been absolutely accurate, totally accurate, because she did <laughs> come out of her neck and start yelling at me in public. But for growth. But growth, for growth <laughs> and for God and for the three letters that I have on my name, the lonely three letters I have on my name, I kept my composure. It was early. Girl, I was still sleeping, quite honestly. So I didn't really have that much energy to be arguing with her and it wasn't serious. But you've already reported me to my HR team who have mentioned this to my new supervisor. And now I'm sitting in a room having to recount a story in a he said, she said battle with the building's facility manager who really believes that I was just being derogatory and disrespectful. Now, I wanna say something about how, and I'm, and I'm gonna leave with this. I think it's funny that the only person she talked about in this situation as being disrespectful or even engaging with anybody was me, even though I had an entire team with me during this incident. And one of the things that was noted was, well, I'm sure she didn't pick you out, you know, for any specific reason. It was probably because you had the cart. And I'm gonna tell y'all right now, I didn't touch that cart until I had to bring it back in. So all this thing about she was carrying boxes in and out, that was a lie. And I really had to tell people that she was a liar. I literally had to let people know that they were compromising my integrity and they were compromising my character. And I was really hurt and offended. And therefore, everybody got a CC'd email today because this is, what, this is what won't happen is that this comes up ever again and somebody can say they didn't know and they didn't hear my story. Thank God for growth. For growth
2: and God. Because that building <laughs>
0: manager, she's really not shit. But I'm going to let her be great. Karma, no. No. Karma no, no, no. No, I am. No. Karma, no. <laughs> I'm going to let her be great because karma is real. It's so real. And I truly believe that
1: i mean you you already you already set the the tone for her not for her not being great by sending out emails because once i mean if anyway if anyone looked into those emails then it's and they go and look at the tape to fact check what she said, then you know her ain't greatness is going to her ain't contest. greatness
0: isn't my business I'm just gonna go be great and I'm gonna let her be as great as she possibly can. Being that she's a liar, you know, whatever that's like. So, yeah, that wraps up <laughs> dope shit and ain't shit. Shout out to all the dope shit people. And you know what the hell to do if you ain't shit. <laughs> oh, dope shit.
2: We This weekend was Oprah's um, Super Soul Brunch. One day I'll be invited.
0: Oh, I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go. I, didn't, I, didn't, I also didn't get my invite this year. Must have got lost in the
1: mail. I wonder if she did that that gospel cipher again. She
0: probably did. I think that only happened that one year. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's that. All right, so we can go ahead and jump into our core conversation about lessons we've learned and goals to finish out the year. Who wants to go first?
2: Okay, I'll go first.
0: <laughs> yes, cuz Rena's 2017 got some things. For
2: <laughs> you know, this year has been about growth and being every i mean honestly since i'm like it started this podcast y'all it's, it's all been like trying to be my most candid true honest self and that is a work in progress because i've tended to do things as people do when they're first like i'm getting out of those first like entry level careers i mean years as people do, you think you fit in this box, but you don't. Like, you you learn more about yourself and whatever. So, you know, I'm getting
0: closer to 30. Your voice didn't have to shake like it that. It didn't shake. <laughs> it's really not yeah, that bad. What, what, what was that about? It's really not that bad. It's,
2: it's not <laughs> – I have lists. I have goals. Well, anyway, but one of my things were – Like, to be more honest about myself, to be more candid and and be real with myself. Like, do, where am I at? Am I happy where I'm at? You know, what can I change from where I'm at? And 2017, I think I've had the most strides um, with that. So I can't wait for 2018. I think for the the biggest lesson is to be honest and to be self-aware of yourself. That was my biggest thing.
1: We've noticed.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I com- <laughs> I complimented you in the last episode because I Thank really feel you. like I, I definitely I, f- I feel like I've seen your growth. I felt my growth. growth. And to see <laughs> like you just become more confident and and more forthcoming with how you think and feel regardless of what anybody else's um, response is going to be to that I think is amazing. It's it's. You know, people think that it's an age thing getting confidence, and it's not. It's an experience thing, and it's also being put in um, situations where you can be around people that show you what that confidence looks looks like. Because even when you gotta fake it, sometimes it's more important to fake it than to sit back and allow yourself to to be silenced or walked over. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool, so and you out y'all. here, yeah, girl,
2: you out here. Thank you, guys, giving people pieces of <laughs> all me your things. mind. Thank you,
0: Karina. For you out here me telling people about themselves way. and throwing shade. <laughs> she out here throwing shade like a Yankees pitcher, what? y'all. Like, <laughs> listen, I am so happy for you, girl. I Aww, love it.
2: Friends. Yeah, girl. See you in 2018.
0: 2018 might be some cool things.
2: Are we just gonna do lessons and then let's goals? Do, yeah,
0: let's yeah let's okay. Do that. What's your lesson, Sam?
1: Um.
0: Have you learned any lessons <laughs> this year? <laughs> have, no, no,
1: no. I think I think the the main thing that I learned this year was to trust my gut. And if you if I feel it, then it's real. Um, and at a later date, I will go deeper into the incident that uh, led me to this lesson. But. Um, I was just about to say, but basically, like the last couple of months um, in employment settings were extremely stressful because I was quite confident that I was going through something that was racially based, and I kept was I kept being told that it wasn't, but I trusted my gut. And I kept my receipts. And I asked all the questions that we basically tell all of you to ask. Which is, you know, part of this, you know, this this exercise for diversity and inclusion. It's 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 really it's not something that happens once in a while. It's an ongoing thing. If you're not making it a practice, then it's it's very rarely ever going to become um, an ongoing reality. And so I trusted my gut and I asked all the questions and all the answers basically confirmed what my gut was feeling. Um, and so to me, that's that was the biggest lesson, which is, you know, one of the things that, and I think I probably mentioned it on here before, but as a black man who is six feet, 200 plus pounds, and, environments that are predominantly white, I'm very much self-aware of how I'm perceived visually. Um, because I, I am one of those those men who's walked down the street and has a white woman um, coming toward me and, and clutching her purse or um, locking her car door. So I'm, I'm very much self-aware of how I'm perceived visually. And, and a lot of times it makes me coddle the people that are around me by not trusting my gut where it's like maybe I make it too much of this um, let me figure out a way to make them more comfortable um, but this year it was just kind of like well actually I'm uncomfortable so because I'm uncomfortable I'm going to trust what I'm feeling and I'm going to ask all the questions that I need to ask and if I don't get the responses that I feel are um, valid or worthy or, or accurate, then I'm going to keep escalating it and escalating it and escalating it until I get what I want, which is justice. So that's my lesson for this year, which is lean into it, fuck them up if you need to, and... The chips will fall where they fall. And if you and if you need some encouragement, Kai wrote a n- really nice article. Um, which I I read it and I was in the house doing doing the church clap because I Really, felt,
0: friend? You was clapping by yourself like that?
1: Yeah, because I felt like you
2: <laughs> I wait, we might have the same article. Go ahead.
1: Well <laughs> it was Kai's article.
2: I know, but Kai has written a number of articles. The this last year. one that she wrote. Yeah, the not filtering yourself. Her work mouth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Which was, <laughs> there are going to be more jobs. There, you know, employment, I mean, your job isn't the end-all be-all, but you're, you're going to feel better about yourself having said what you needed to say in the moment when you needed to say it to get the results that you want. And that's, I mean, when we, we do this show because we want people to advocate for themselves on a daily basis, and so for, I don't want to say I was a hypocrite, but I wasn't speaking up as much as I should have been speaking up because I was afraid of being labeled aggressive or angry or any of these stereotypical terms that are used to apply to people of color. Um, and I mean, and I was anyway. They still labeled me that. But at the end of the day, I feel like I got the results that I wanted to get. And so that's, you know, that's my goal. Lesson for the year, which is trust your gut. Whatever you're feeling is valid because your feelings are valid. And if you need to fuck them up, you fuck them up.
0: Just fuck them up. All right, Kai. I'm so happy that you guys read my things. Read we support. My personal, my personal moments. Um, I think. I, man, I think. Um the best thing about this year so far, there's still like, it's crazy, right? It's October and we still have so much more of the year left to do um, or to, to experience. Um, but like, I, I feel like so much has transpired. Um, but the biggest lesson that I learned is the, is the lesson that I wanted to learn. And that is um, to, to feel comfortable. So like, I feel quite honestly, like up until this point, I've done a really good job at faking um, faking it, faking being great, faking, um, putting forth a, a perception of myself that I didn't necessarily believe was true, but if everybody else was buying it, hell, I'll take your money, um, but I actually, like, there came a moment where I started to feel like, nah, son, you actually got some stuff going for yourself, like, you're actually as good as you tell people that you are, um. And similar to Simeon, I think it's less about trusting myself because I think I've always trusted myself, but I've never actually, like, believed my own hype. Mm. Um, and I continue to push – I've this year I've continued to put myself in situations where I had to kind of believe my own hype. Um, I had to believe that I was worth – Ceasing everybody on an email to let them know that I didn't clap back in this moment and that yet while yes It is possible. It is absolutely false I had to believe that I was good enough to quite honestly fight for the position that I got at this new job um, When that was not what was offered to me when the offer was on the table and to let them know that I deserve everything I asked you for Um, Just under just believing that I deserve more and then some was a huge lesson. And I feel like when you get to the point, or as I've gotten to to this point, and I've everybody is always telling me that when you get turned, when you get to this stage and you get to your 30s, like you start to feel it, like I absolutely feel like I work tirelessly and very hard um, for everything that I have and everything that I want. And for that reason, because I bust my ass, I do deserve it. Um, which was huge. Like that kind of confidence, like that kind of like real confidence, like getting past the faking it part is super important and feeling comfortable in my own skin um, and and in my own brain and with my own mouth um, and using that as my leverage, like knowing that I'm at the end of the day the person that has my back and believes in me the most, like getting myself to believe in myself the most as a professional, and as quite frankly a grown ass woman, um, has been the biggest lesson that I learned, that it works. That, That I'm not just selling myself on a resume, that I actually have accomplished these things and I am capable of everything that I've said I've done and I can do a thousand times more if I care enough to share it with you as an organization, you as a mentor, you as a colleague, you as an onlooker, that—that um, that was my lesson. That I am as good as I say I am, and as other people say I am. It's huge. That is it's huge.
1: That is huge. 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 It felt real
0: good. You, I mean, you get twenty people to go with you to Panama on their own dime. I mean, that ain't nothing to sneeze at.
1: Nope.
0: Um, yeah. But yeah, like I feel like that was the biggest thing the biggest lesson. Um, I mean, I said it at the beginning of the year, my goal was to be my biggest advocate and to advocate on behalf of my people, people that I identified with mine. And I feel like that is what I have done week over week, month over month, whether it's on this show, outside of this show, in the streets, whom, to whomever, with whomever. Like, I'm, I'm not interested in being silenced anymore. I'm not interested in somebody making me feel like whether they intend to or not, and somebody making me feel like what I have to say isn't important. Um, because it is. It's fucking important. Everything I got to say is important. If you don't want to hear it, that's up to you. Um, but it should be said. At least if I say it, it can't. nobody can say it went unsaid. Uh, and that's, that's where I am.
1: I dig it. Guess what's
0: up? The other thing is, like, so goals. So we've learned lessons, but the year's not over. Right. I said we got, like, eight to nine weeks. What are we doing with these eight to nine weeks? How are we spending it, y'all?
2: Tighten it up. Tighten like, it for up. me, get it like, right <laughs> Tighten. we got it
0: right now. We're trying to get it tight. Yes.
2: For me, um, it's, there is a part of me that is very type A and very perfectionist. And sometimes I overthink it and I'm like, oh, am I doing too much? But I'm coming into a point where I'm like, this is part of my personality, and it is what it is. But to tighten up and make sure that you know I, you know, cross my T's, dot my eyes, all of that, because I want to be better at that. I think that I need to be more detail oriented, and and that is one thing I want to finish the year and, and carry that into the next year. And another thing, it's not regressing. I know. We live in New York and it like everybody's doing everybody's doing something. Everybody's doing something amazing, whatever. But for me it's I can do all these things but I need to take care of myself. Like I I I'm used to like running myself into a rut and just recently when I went to go visit family for other things like it scared me when I actually took like, a mini vacation like the side of my face I kid you not, like the side of my face like went numb.
0: You had a stroke.
2: I don't know it was what stress. I, it was stress, and it was because I wasn't really taking care of myself. You know, for me, you know, I have to go to bed on time during the work week.
0: Yeah, y'all, Karina <laughs> don't be trying to hang out with us for nothing.
2: <laughs> Not money nor looking but to I get her show out up the house <laughs> when need to be. <laughs> but you know, learning to take better care of myself is. It's something that I really, really want to do and, and be better at it, and that's how I want to end the year, and I want to carry that to the next.
1: I mean that that body thing is legit because my leg went numb like three years ago for like five weeks. <laughs> no, no, like stress is real. stress is real? No, like, Shoot,
0: I like my kidney stone started acting up again, and I Are know. you what? Yeah, I mean it's intense. It's, like I mean, your body. When your stress doesn't have anywhere else to go, when you don't have like an, an, an exit, if you're an outlet, if you're not taking care of yourself or exercising, yeah. like that stress will manifest itself in other ways, whether yeah. it is in the form of getting sick, like with a cold or the flu, being susceptible to germs, your face starts to break out, or like it just starts to shut down, especially right. like. Yeah, you gotta take care of yourself because your body will shut down. Your body yeah. will tell you, Heffa, I told you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then you sit in there like, oh, Lord, is this, is this is it? Is this the time? Is this it, <laughs> Lord? Yeah.
1: It's real. Um, you know, my goals are to not procrastinate. you a
2: great girlfriend.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've... And, and also to stay focused, I... My, my natural brain is, I don't even want to say it's like typical creative, but um, I'm very, I can easily get distracted and guys, <laughs> guys are making faces. Um, I can easily get distracted and lose focus and try to do 20 things at one time and not finish all 20 things and do half things. And so now that I'm in a period of transition um to whatever my next move is um following through is like my goal like I'm already figuring out how to live my best life by um doing the shit that I want to do um but making sure that I'm actually because right now the only person that I have to be accountable for is myself um, so following through, getting shit done, doing shit to the max, doing hood rat shit, and being sophisticated at the same time, and doing my work is the goal.
0: Because doing hood rat shit is super important when you're yes. trying to it be is. sophisticated. <laughs> that's why we. That's everybody. Why we do all this everybody work needs the outlet. It is.
1: I mean, but because the the other thing is, you know, what we do, it's 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 about culture, right? And so. I don't ever wanna be in in a position or a place where I'm so focused on doing shit that I'm not doing it for the culture and contributing and um, enjoying the shit that black people put out, um, because they're my favorite.
2: You know, you're not the only one who has struggles with procrastination. I have that, I tend to be very lazy at times, and what happened was like I tried to find like every solution to like m- whether it was putting reminders in my phone or whatever. I still kind of do that now so I can stay on task. I don't know if that's gonna help you, but it helps me, and it ha- continually
1: helps me. I've been using my Google Calendar a lot. I've it's- noticed
0: that, and you've actually mm-hmm. been paying attention. <laughs> If it ain't on your calendar, it ain't real.
1: It's not. real. I, I've been using it, um, like before I even commit to anything. Now I go and I check my calendar. This, this is this all. These are these bit. are yeah. strides, man. Um,
0: <laughs> look at us talking about growing up. Growth. <laughs> Finally, it's about time.
1: Well, I, you know, I I think the other thing is like there's there's a real thin line between being creative and broke. <laughs> Uh, for a very long time. And I think that for me, the only the only way to prevent me from going. And I, I can't be broke because I like to do dope shit. So the only way for me to prevent that from happening is to be proactive and diligent and not procrastinate.
0: That's what's up. That's real. My goals are um, probably a little bit more. What's the word I'm looking for? They're less deep. Um, Just a couple challenges that I have for myself for the end of the year. My first goal is to put out a couple more articles, like three more articles before the end of the year um, as I'm looking to transitioning into sharing my experiences uh, working in the industry um, and also overcoming fear of self within the workplace environment um, in an effort to be successful, so I want to continue writing about that and posting it um, for anybody that'll read it, anybody that'll listen, anybody that'll have me. Um, shout out to my aunt. My aunt comments on everything I write, and like, shit. If ain't nobody ever like, if ain't nobody ever liked nothing I wrote, she gonna make sure she hits that double tap back, press that little heart, and write a whole paragraph about my seven paragraphs. I love her for that. Um, but yeah, I want to make sure that I, I publish more. Um, and the other thing for me is, um, I re- somebody mentioned something, I forget who told me this, but recently I had a conversation with an older mentor or a more mature mentor, um, who told me that essentially, if I'm considering moving up the ladder and entering and, and uh, potentially looking for a C-suite space, um, in this industry or in any industry that it is highly likely that a requirement will be to have an MBA. Um, and I just want y'all to know I hate school. The only reason I went to college was to hurry up and finish, so I never had to go back. Um, but it's something that I'm really considering and on the fence about. And I've given myself until the end of the year to actually decide like whether or not this is that is something that I want to pursue. Um, because it is up in the air for me, and I'm not definitive on what my answer uh, is, but the one thing that frustrates me in my mind is I, as many things as I have stacked up against me. I only got three letters in my name. People be out here trying to make up stories about you. Some people don't necessarily think you're capable. Of all of the things that th- that somebody can say um, about whether or not I am ready for a role within leadership. I never want them to say that I'm not educated enough and that I don't have a, a certain degree, a level of degree, um, because I feel like that's something that I can actively take into my own account, uh, take into my own hands and I can actively pursue and I can actively accomplish without the, the um, help or rather discretion of somebody else. So by December, I need to decide if I'm going to grad school or not Um, because 45 is 15 years from now and 15 years from now, I wouldn't quite mind somebody talking about C-E something or or other. Um, So yeah, I'm gonna write more and I'm gonna decide whether or not I'm really about this C-suite, potential C-suite life. Those are my goals for the rest of the year. Now that I said it, it has to be real. So y'all Let's can ask me during the last show. Kyle's about to be a team super typing fast. <laughs> <sighs> I feel like I just broke out from saying that. No, it's I'm gonna stressed. be fine. I'm stressed for you. <laughs> I, like, I, I think no, it'll I'm be stressed. fine. I'm sure I'll be fine, but you know, school. Mm. We can talk about that another time. School, school frustrates me. School Going has always to school frustrated me. While
1: working is extremely frustrating. I
0: know. That's there's. Let's not talk about it because there's so much that goes into deciding. it. do I stay? In, do I stay at work? Do I say fuck this shit? Do I go back to being a broke student, only eating hot dogs and ramen? Well, you, we wouldn't let you eat hot
2: uh, how dogs around. Do like,
1: I cook. Huh? <laughs> how would you do dope shit? Exactly. How would I do dope <laughs> shit? We're just going to do it at your
0: house. <laughs> <laughs> if I have a house, listen, it's too, it's too much to think about. Anyway, those are my goals for the rest of the year. A little bit um, more superficial, but definitely they have a deeper potential.
2: This is exciting stuff.
0: Folks just want to be great, man go for yeah. the rest of the year is just to go be great like whatever great is Word. to you just go be great like yo you gotta finish off this year strong please do you know what <laughs> i'm saying like it's only we, nine do we weeks? work so hard to be so perfect for other people let's just be great for ourselves for the rest of the year that's real we're becoming adults adults
2: like damn. I had I got another bill, mm, and, another <laughs> bill. Mm, and they just
0: don't stop coming. They
2: don't. But this bill was like, damn, mm. I'm an adult because, <laughs> oh, and I and every it time was I, a I, lot
0: of water bill, like, <laughs> it's not <a> water
2: bill, <laughs> but it was a bill that I took on because I could and afford could, and afford to take. But I'm just like from me when I first came to New York. To me now, drastic difference, thank the Lord, because some people don't change. But I just feel like every, every year from now, it's becoming, damn, I'm becoming an adult. Ah uh, damn, I'm gonna don't. <laughs> Do people damn, have this I'm feeling like adult. when they like become
0: senior citizens? Like, is there gonna be a moment where we're counting down to seventy two? Like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm almost I mean 72. if
1: you live in New York and can get the discount Metro card. You'd be like, <laughs> Hey, give me that one thirty
2: five
0: shoot, by the time we get there it's gonna be three dollars. <laughs> that's the discount. Three dollars. All right. Well, I think that's our show. Um this is really therapeutic, guys. Sure.
2: I know, we, sh- yeah, we got three episodes
0: of the year. Yeah, and just I miss how, just shooting the shit with y'all. Sometimes There's a lot of shit to shoot. Yeah. But we shot it. We did. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's homecoming season. So it's homecoming shout season. Out shout out to Howard. You, fun homecoming. You damn no, right. I'm not sour at all. <laughs>
0: Don't be sour, girl. Just pay attention to my social media. (laughs) I will be at Howard University's homecoming this weekend, and I will be turning up. And I can't promise that I won't be loud and belligerent. (laughs) That's one place where I absolutely will be loud and belligerent, and it's going to be amazing. We're going to have so much fun with all the homies. P W I Children. <laughs> That's all good. Just watch you a couple episodes of a, a <laughs> You saw my stat, A different my world. Status. I did. You good girl. <laughs> Alright, but with that being said, y'all know how to y'all know how to get in touch with us. You can catch us on social media as always. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Ask Mixed Company. On Facebook, you can find us at Facebook.com backslash mixed company podcast. And also on Gmail, Ask Company at gmail.com. Um, we look forward to the next few episodes. We got a few more things in the store for y'all. Um, keep showing us love. Keep liking. Keep subscribing. Keep sharing. Um, and keep letting us know what you think. We'll talk to y'all later. Peace out.
1: Bye.